0: this week on three sides of the coin kiss at 50 with martin pop off this week amazing discussions about some of the most amazing monumental events in history
1: and mark talks about upcoming releases and tells us
2: absolutely nothing at all
0: other than we're going to be very disappointed <laughs>
2: i'm very disappointed you guys might not be I this is
0: three sides of the coin
2: talking all things kiss i
3: want to rock and roll all night you're listening
0: to three sides
3: looking for official three sides of the
1: coin merchandise t-shirts hoodies and more visit shop3sidesofthecoin.com
0: we ship worldwide hey everybody welcome back to another episode of three sides of the coin you got mike tommy mark we got an awesome guest coming in later to talk about an amazing book um tommy any comments to share?
1: No, because usually when we record with a guest, you never ask me that question. So I never I shouldn't
0: have to, to ask, ask you. It's just your
1: standing job. Why would I do it if I know we're not going to get around to it? Because typically We got around to it today though. You, so what? You surprised me once. <laughs> wow. Look, I've got better stuff to do than just spend time
0: reading all that stuff. Oh, then you must, and they the and they hate me. Show. But listen to Tommy; I got better stuff to do than talk about this for the people who love this show. <laughs> but I'll take the heat for that. <laughs> I can pretty
1: much say anything, and he'll take the heat for it, or he'll a hundred percent, a hundred. You
0: two guys, you two guys could say anything about anybody on this planet. And I'll take the heat for it and get accused for doing hold on, it. Hold
2: on. Isn't the best way to watch you so you have to fast forward the first 20 minutes? Isn't that what I read? Yeah. That? You know, they're not going to hear
0: any yeah. of this anyway. So what I know. Music? No one watches. I know. <laughs> a- anyway, lots of good comments. Julian Gill's episode last week. Um, awesome. You know, and, and legitimate questions of like, boy, how do you really define what's not a business decision versus a creative decision? And – Listen, we acknowledge that in, in that whole episode. It's it's tough. The only thing we really talk about is you can't really know what's a good or bad business decision because we don't know the business that was behind this decision. We don't know the contracts. We don't know the money that was made. We don't know the deals. I, in general, we could always say "Kiss makes money using other people's money, but that's how most businesses do it take a loan from a bank that's the bank's money to go do business something fails a year down the road great but you still got more money in your bank account than before when you started so
1: you know to me it's always it's kind of like a um, releasing a film you know sometimes you release it and it just box office it just crashes and sells nothing goes to video and becomes extremely successful. So at first you've got the studios going, yeah, this was a bomb. But looking back 10 or 15 years later, really was it? Or was that just your opinion at the moment? Because now look at how many years it's been on cable TV or whatever it is. Sold VHS,
0: judge. sold DVDs, sold Blu-rays, sold director's cuts. Yes, yeah. so it's uh, all guessing. I mean, you could say, as we discussed, you can say that about Detroit Rock City. It bombed. I mean, I remember going to the movie theater the day it opened, and there was probably 10 people in the theater. Mm -hmm. And by Monday, it wasn't in any theaters. Right.
2: True, true.
0: They sold a boatload of DVDs and VHSs and Blu-rays. And, you know, it's it's sort of become a a cult classic. I mean, the same is about, you know, the Phantom movie. Uh, You know, that's become a midnight movie, quote, type of staple you know, it, it, so it's so hard to say. It's hard well,
2: so
1: to let's, say. Let's test this theory. All right, Michael thinks that Kiss is a mediocre rock band. I think you should send him a message and tell him why he's wrong.
0: That would keep you busy all week. Do I think that? No. But they'll still send it to me, saying that that's what I think. <laughs> I know it's going to be a great week. <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> um, kiss news. Nothing news. Oh yes, worthy. That's really, what I, that's what I want to talk well, about. Well, oh, real, real, real quick before you, Mark, I'll just mention real quick the new episode of Rock Candy Magazine that drops today, issue forty-two. Ace Fraley's on the cover. There's a major feature, new interview with Ace Fraley in it. So again, if you're a KISS fan, if you're an Ace fan, go if you're in the U.S., it'll probably take a few weeks for them to show up on the newsstands. But issue 42 yeah. Rock Candy magazine has Ace Fraley on the cover.
1: And his record Martin. comes up next month. So there you go. You got Ace Tour to look forward to you. for all of you that want to go out and see him play live. He will be around.
2: Also, too, we heard uh from names we cannot talk about who has heard the whole record and told us to our faces. Very good. Matter of fact, um, our, uh, our source said that it's as good as trouble walking. And I know a lot of ACE fans like myself, I love trouble walking. That's probably my favorite one after the 78 solo record. So that's and and I'm not just put it this way. If, if our source would have said it sucked, I'd, I wouldn't, I'd just probably go, oh, wait till it comes out. You can judge for yourself. But I'm hearing a lot of great things about it. Um, So I'm really uh, looking forward to Ace's record coming out. And I have not heard it yet, but uh, our friends that have are saying very good things. And these are no bullshit type people too, because they would have told me if they thought it sucked, they would have said, you know, it's probably not as best. I so Gene been. likes it. <laughs> so,
0: I, I, I honestly i don't know what to think because i'm a kiss fan and i'm just not bright i'm not the <laughs> brightest
1: yeah but well, you don't like ace fairly so what is it you
0: should you have no opinion at all i mean oh. I, I i'm too i'm too stupid to know what i think about ace's <laughs> record because he thinks kiss fans aren't the brightest Goodbye. all right well i tell you what we I, take I, you I will... along for the ride
2: this, this is a nice segue Speaking of dumb things um, There's been And I can't get into specifics But I am going to say Yes there are some Vinyl records coming out And uh, There are some Expensive sets coming out And I don't want to talk about them Prematurely but <clears throat> I do know the details but They are not haven't been announced yet but I'm just waiting for the Kiss fans to be really upset, dude. You sound like a politician. I'm us. just
0: telling. I'm you just told us that. absolutely. So, so so what what based on right, what you said? What, here's and, what I'm and,
2: telling you. Here's what I'm telling you. There's a bunch of shit because I've been getting bombarded about it. Oh, I hear there's some records come, some vinyl coming out. Oh my God, was it? Is it? Is it this? I'm like, no. When you when it's announced, myself. I find it to be a big, as they say in the political world, nothing burger. Well, at least that's all. Coming to you. Well, that's what I mean. I'm getting bombarded with it. Um, right. don't, I don't know, but I am my, I, I am fucking blown up about it. And I'm like, so I did some research. I talked to some people at universal and when we both stopped fucking laughing, we couldn't believe that that's what they went with. So if you want to. Looking forward so, to something so, coming so out?
0: From, I, I, and, and and listen, Mark knows. He hasn't talked to us about this, so we have no clue. clue. So based on what Mark's false. saying, here's how I'm going to dissect that and create rumors, okay? So it's not going to be anything as cool as an amazing box set for the debut album. It's going to nope. be an amazing box no. set for Crazy Nights.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Put it this way, if it was Crazy I wouldn't even talk about it.
0: <laughs> it's going to be like keep, a Crazy Nights box set or a Kiss Asylum box set, th- and, and and that's gonna I make would, the fans go you know, what? This way, this
2: way, I would welcome a Crazy Nights box set and an Asylum box set over the shit they're going to be fucking putting out.
0: Oh my God, Mark! Now saying that, I, you've even got me going. What the fuck right. are they, is this going to be? And, a turd and a punch bowl?
2: And I was I was just told that I could talk about this like it like I could talk about. It this way but I can't talk about Specifics also I'm telling you right Now by the by the time this comes out Next week it, the information may leak Out because no one can keep a Fucking secret I can but no One can it seems um, But yeah I mean be all. on and this Is me I could be wrong I'm being Prepared to be very disappointed That's all
0: you're per- That's you're all prepared me. For a this is a new phrase We're coining today Turd on a turntable <laughs> I look, put
2: it this way. Here, here's what here's how I'm gonna make a deal with you, the home listener. When the information does come out, because when I was talking to my buddy from Universal, I went, hmm, they put all that effort into this. Here's a better idea. And we both were solving the world's kiss problems, talking to one another. That's all I'm gonna say. So when this does come out, when this moment, when this does come out. I'm going to I'm going to bring this subject back up and I'm going to go, OK, this is what we thought. And then then we can actually do a show on.
0: It. How be, about a this? A Kiss Avatar box set. Damn, you got it. <laughs> oh, this is this is I'm excited because this is going to give us something good to talk about in a future episode. Clearly. Yep. So anyways,
2: um, let's get on with this stuff. I am want to go eat dinner.
0: It's yeah like so what, the, the, the this 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 week returning martin popoff joins us and i know this book has been out for a little while but we discuss why it took so long to get him on um amazing book great discussion with martin about a number of his choices for the top 50 monumental events in history let this roll it's Always an enjoyable show, having Martin on, and we'll see you at the end. Visit
1: threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support.
0: Three Sides of the Coin. And again, I should have researched this, and maybe Mark would know, Martin might know. This is at least, I'm guessing, third time on? Third time. Sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah. All right, so you don't you don't you don't get a, a green jacket yet? Oh okay.
2: We're getting there though. We're getting
0: <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Um we are excited to have Martin Popoff back on Three Sides of the Coin. And 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 you're everybody's probably gonna be going, boy, you guys are way behind the times. But well, we're gonna talk about this book. Uh, cool. This Hiss, Hiss, book. Hiss at book yeah. 50 by Martin Popoff. And and, and just to alleviate all the haters going, you guys copy everybody else, we had been scheduled to have Martin <laughs> on a long time ago. And through no fault to Martin, <laughs> publishing company, publishing company, um, yeah. they couldn't get us our books in time for when we had Martin scheduled right up around the release date. Um shipping issues i don't know what it was you might know more but it doesn't really matter well, it ran out
3: i mean they they, they printed them they ran out it, it was gone for two months or something like that and i had to wait and i had orders to fill and then it came back so
0: yeah That's so they they they, they they got them to us and and we we said right away it's like listen yeah the book has been out for quite a while but we'd still love to have martin on and and talk about it just Absolutely. because it's not necessarily Timely doesn't mean anything. I mean, yeah, first of all, beautiful, hardcover book. Yeah. And full-color, glossy printing. I mean, this is a... It's a beautiful book. And, Martin, maybe we can start here. What was, beyond creating and writing it, how much say did you have on the rest of it, the hardcover, the... Quality of the printing and all of that, or was that all the publishers doing? And they just said, "Martin, you get us the content." That's pretty much it, and that's what I love about
3: this publisher. I mean, even this whole concept was dr- dreamt up by, I think it was Dennis, uh, you know, my editor, um, along with other people there, I suppose. Um, you know, they've come up with a few of these things. So this, I, I did a Bowie at seventy-five. I did this one. I've got. I did ACDC at 50 and I've got Van Halen at 50 coming in a couple of months. And um, so so the nice thing about and then we did the album by album series years ago. So this publisher actually um, did a bunch of music books and then stopped doing music books for about three years. So we have the, the four or five album by album series books as well, um, which was uh, maybe that might've been my idea, but then the illustrated histories as well. So yeah, the nice thing that happens here is Dennis, my editor over there is, uh, he, he loves this music too and knows a lot about it. And he's really, uh, you know, capable at, at going and finding those pictures to go with everything. So I just supply the text. They do everything else. I knew it was going to be hard cover. I mean, my other ones the the who one and the Bowie and the, um, What's the other one? The Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon or even in a slip case, you know, with die cutting and all sorts of crazy stuff. So this is actually um,
0: less doodahs on it uh, compared to their other standards. Although, you know,
3: it's a fold-out page as well.
0: I didn't didn't look at it, but I just took the Mm -hmm. slip cover off Mm -hmm. and it's got a very nice, shiny, embossed Mm -hmm. Kiss at 50, which that in itself, I mean, even without the slip, slip cover on it, yeah. Boy, that would look that would look cool right there.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and they do so, a really nice job of the design. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. And then I just get it back and I have to edit it and usually write some captions. I think I, I ended up having to do with most of the captions here as well. But uh, yeah, that's all up to them.
0: And and the general concept here, um, for those who aren't familiar with this type of book, because as you said, you've done others and I know they're there are others out there. I think there was like an Elvis at 50 or Elvis at 75 as well. Maybe even an Alice Cooper one. Yes. Um, um, these are 50 of the, I don't know, you most significant, most interesting events in Kiss's history. Would that be a, a good summation?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Milestones. They could be happy things. They could be sad things like deaths and whatnot. Um, but basically uh, what they like to do is they want to have a chapter on every studio album, at least. And depending on the band, maybe every live album. But uh, that's the funnest part of the job. As soon as I get the deal, it's like, oh boy, I get to pick my 50 kind of thing. Right. So I, I lay it all out and then, and then work out with the word count they've given me on it. And, you know, we all know that there's been lots and lots of really nice kiss scholarship out there. This book is just what it is. It's it has its limitations. It's not super, super long text. It's not, you know, depth, you know, super in depth and scholarly. It is literally OK. I've got so many words per per chapter. Uh, that was the hardest part, actually, is, is keeping the word count down and getting as much in as you want. So I, all those sentences have to be polished like diamonds to make sure I'm getting enough factoids in there. Uh, but yeah, picking those 50 is fun. I get to do all that. Um, and then, you know, a little bit here and there, it's funny, Dennis will, um, You know, sometimes he'll envision in his head, oh, I can't get pictures for that. That's going to be a tough one. You want to swap one or two of them out. And some of those had to do with, like, those TV appearances and things, which are borderline as milestone events anyways, right? Um, So, yeah, there was a little horse trading for, like, one or two of them. But generally speaking, uh, it's just get those 50, put it in chronological order, make sure every studio album's covered, and uh, start writing.
2: Martin, you know what I thought was fun about this was how you use song titles as you went along and the cool thing and I really appreciated this as a catalog fan because I'm a passionate kiss fan from the debut all the way to monster I liked that you didn't use the title of the song off that album um, great example you're talking about dress to kill third record you use great expectations and then you talk because that that's what fit the that's what that record was they they needed a hit they had great expectations and and again then then you go to uh, alive and although the song's on it hotter than hell because they caught fire right there you know i i just thought that as a fan i was very appreciative of that the destroyer uh title you used was heavens on fire and you're absolutely right like, you know th- that that help break them. Honestly, i for as much as destroyer broke them, excuse me, alive, broke them. You needed Ezrin's masterpiece to move the band forward. I think there's no doubt about that among historians anywhere. So plus it
3: describes um, the album cover or or the, yeah, the destroyer album cover a little bit. You're right. Yeah. I I love doing that. And and that it's almost like a nice little sub narrative of kiss in jokes. If you want to just go through the whole book and read the title. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Martin,
0: that was... and, and, Martin, I want to make, make a, a, a statement real quick before we get into this, um, because anything that is a list, 10, 50, 100, best, worst, this is just your personal take on it. And we know immediately we're going to have fans going, That wasn't a monumental event, or more importantly, how the hell could you forget this certain one? So, this is how you guys out there, guys and girls watching and listening, play along. You know, you can agree, you can disagree, you can add in, you can change. But please keep in mind, this wasn't some scientific poll across the KISS Army. This was Martin picking his 50. Yeah,
3: and, and had I ranked them, we would have had all sorts of uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you know, cause for discussion and heated debate, right? But it is chronological too, right? So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, do you guys have any suggestions for things that should well, have been well, an event? Well,
0: no, I, 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 before we get into that, yeah. I, I wanted to kind of pick your brain as to how you approached coming up what were the kind of the rules and the restrictions you put upon yourself to come up with the 50? You said you needed to do something from every album, but beyond that, were there any other requirements that you kept in the back of your head of determining if this was really a top 50 event or not?
3: Well, yeah. So I did include an entry on every studio album and every live album. So that takes care of 20 of them or so. Right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, a lot of them are, you know, monumental TV performances, interviews. Um, what do I got here? Yeah. The, the one fancy thing they did is the fold out page for it um, uh, to, to show a, a summary of everything. but. You know, as I look at this, we got Paul Lynn Halloween special. We got the Mike Douglas interview, appearance on ABC's in concert, signing with the Casablanca, forming. You know, obviously that happens. We've got, of course, Eric Carr's death is here somewhere, I'm sure. Um, and uh, box sets, Detroit Rock City Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's just, uh, I guess it's the things that move uh, the career along. They, they tend to be media things with this band. Um, you know, there, there's a fair amount of drama with Kiss, of course um but uh but yeah i mean it's uh, you know as i look at them they're all pretty they're all pretty industry
0: related right and and you broke them down into five categories kiss major kiss minor mtv hair metal and kiss reunion and legacy so that was just sort of your way of grouping them by era basically right
3: yeah, I, I started this, even the naming of the uh the chapters with the song title, I invented that. I started doing that with David Bowie and Dennis loved that. And so I just said, hey, I'm gonna do that every time. Cause it's a blast, right? I did mm-hmm. it with ACDC as well. It's just fun to do. Um and and by, by the way, Mark, I mean, the other the other idea is that uh, you know, not putting something from the album with it, I mean, that would have limited it to me so much if i had to start slotting things in i needed the whole survey to look around and, and find things right that would go with it but yeah there's a lot of pretty pretty funny little in jokes that probably only kiss fans would get but well, again
2: yeah. like when you when you go to the to the you talk about the kiss cruises what's mm-hmm. getaway i mean again that's right. the kind of stuff i'm like yeah <laughs> i yeah, dig that. Yeah. that's cool you know what i mean that yeah. that took some put it this way i knew and i'm not just speaking of generalities here i knew that the person who was writing this was invested in it right because that's what i mean You, you could tell the person writing this knew the material because they did that and that as a fan that makes it more enjoyable knowing that it's not cold and just you know we're just putting out put it this way this book isn't like one of those generic ones where somebody just puts out shit that they're like, okay, let's get some kiss pictures. We'll buy them. And then we'll just go see what Wikipedia says. This is not that. And yeah. as a hardcore fan, I enjoyed reading this thing. It was fun. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, the stories over and over, but also too, you know, and without getting too much, I'm a big fan of your writing anyway, your books. I, I when I read something, I'm like, I can tell that's pop-offs already. And And that was the great thing about this book it's i love the conversational tone i love the facts i i just love the way that it flows i think you knocked it out of the park and i highly highly recommend this book and also too you didn't just do like generic pictures i mean i mean super rare no but super cool fuck yeah i mean that that that's that's good stuff man
0: mark sounds like a groupie yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> and, and 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 it didn't take Martin ten years to write this book. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. And in fact, before we go any further, I have a a really important question. And Martin, I know you're kind enough to cover this in one of the other episodes when you're on, but this is for all of the listeners who dream of being able to write, whether it be a book about kiss or Metallica or whatever it is, could you just give us some basic insight as to if you're going to write a book, how do you start? How do you put it together?
3: Well, I, I think one piece of advice I give people is, uh, you know, once you get down to it, just just keep moving, just keep moving on it. Put put a thousand words down a day or whatever. That's what writers say when they're writing fiction books as well. Like sit down and get two thousand words down every day kind of thing. And there's a good reason for that. You want to keep you want to keep everything in your mind of what you just covered so you don't do things again. Um, you know, typically I have what's called uh, I, I start say if I've got a book that's more interview uh, intensive, I have a chop file of the interview. So I've got my my old transcript of the interview, then I've got a chop file. And what I do is I, I cut, not copy, but cut from that chop file and put, put quotes into space into place. So your chop file gets smaller and smaller and you satisfyingly get to see it evaporate to nothing right and you go okay i used all that stuff i only used it once right Uh, because i've seen books where people have had the same quote show up on page 25 and then 225 right right um so so that's uh that's one thing um so yeah just keep going on it um the other fun thing to do and and is necessary to do um and it keeps you in check is certainly with a project like this um i can't remember what my full word count was on this. It might have been 50,000 words, 40, something like that. But but the first thing you do is like, okay, I got 750 for the introduction. I got the back matter. I've got the sidebars at 900 each. Every entry is, is 600 or whatever, right? Uh, I'm allowed... Ten long ones at nine hundred or whatever, because Dennis wants some to go two pages, some to go one page, that kind of thing, right? So uh, as you go, as you write one, you got to keep that in line, and you know if you go a little over, you got to go a little under soon, right? And you just and you just keep going along, and it's fun, you know. Everybody's job, everybody's performance at their job, um, they 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 like to go look at the numbers, how you're doing, sort of thing, and that's and that's just a fun little semi scientific thing to to go along. I wanted to address. Um, Michael, you, you had asked about the, the, the five areas here and I'm looking at them. So, yeah. So we had kiss major, which is, uh, them getting huge. That goes up to a live two. Then I called the next one kiss minor starts with the solo albums ends with creatures of the night. So that's your, they're not doing so great. Uh, then part three is, is all of the eighties, essentially MTV hair metal and kiss, um, and then part four is is all the weird stuff around the reunion thing. And then part five, and I remember I did this with the David Bowie as well. You know, this one we called Legacy, where a band suddenly becomes a classic rock band, right? And David Bowie was like that as well. So he went through these phases, pop star, artist, blah, blah, blah. And then the end was something, it was named something like this as well. So yeah, that's a, that's a nice organizing principle as well. And I think then Dennis, I believe, I don't see them here in the... uh I, I did some sidebars. Right. And uh, and they are I think it's one sidebar uh, per per section as well. Yeah, there's the uh, I thought there was the one in the the solo albums or aces or something. But uh, yeah, here and there. Yeah. And those are the places. Yeah, here we go. Recording Kiss. Um, these are the ones where I, um, you know, used quotes from the interviews I've ever had with the guys. But that's the other nice thing. I mean, I get to write some books like this that don't necessarily have to be completely you know balls to the wall interview intensive all the way through too right Um,
2: let me i just want to ask a question because i i i'm a big fan of the the sea of tranquility stuff where you guys will rank stuff where and, and i know you're a passionate fan about so many bands where does kiss does kiss make your top 10 favorite bands
3: no i don't think it would um well, look at the time. <laughs> no, it's funny. I mean, if if I started ru- running down my favorite bands, uh, you know, Kiss would be in that eleven to twenty range, probably. Um, I have a very boring list. I mean, it starts with the likes of Blue Oyster Cult and Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and ZZ Top. They're all bands like Kiss. Um, but you know, the the nice, you know, my my Kiss fandom is is kind of it's almost like they're. RIAA certifications, you know, where everything's gold, um, but there's not much much higher. And, but there's a lot of gold, so so it's it's funny for a band with this many records. I like so many of the records compared to many of my my other favorite bands, where there are a lot of records I like less.
0: Martin, of the fifty that you've got here, were there any that? I don't know if bubbling under the 50 top 50 is the right term, but were there a couple things that you really were like, boy, this should be in the list, but I got to cut it off at 50. Well, let's see. Um, there was the,
3: you one of the best, you got the best live compilation album kind of maybe fits right. Might be semi worth putting in other compilations. What else? Uh, there might've been other TV. If I can remember which one Dennis wanted me to cut, there was something, there was some TV appearance or uh, that, that he wanted me to cut because he thought for sure I couldn't get um, pictures for it for some reason. I don't know. Uh, what else? Uh, Paul stole Paul's a solo album.
0: Um, well, I, 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 you know, think for there's... the avatars. So it couldn't be the avatars. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you bring up like Paul solo album, Obviously, you've got the Kiss solo albums, but you you limited yourself to pure Kiss events here, not stuff that the band members did solo outside of Kiss. So not yeah. not Paul Stanley's solo tour in the late 80s, not Ace Fraley trouble walking, you know, not 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 Peter Chris out of control. Those right. sort of things just didn't get included because they are not kiss.
3: Yeah. And, and had there been, you know, had these guys done one platinum album that was awesome each, you know, they might've gone in, but, I, but the solo catalogs are such a mess. Right. Um, Freely's Comet Ace, freely Peter Chris. I mean, you know, Chris cat one and all that stuff. I mean, I, are you really going to write about that stuff? Right. Gene with the, with the weird records. Right. So, yeah, it's it, it was just too messy. You know, you start going down that road. What do you do? I mean, you know, you bring up a good point, Michael. I mean, maybe maybe there could have been one entry to 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 put together the whole solo thing. But I probably did touch touch a, you know down on on those things here and there when I, I got that started.
2: was something I was going to bring up because I do think it's fascinating. Um, because I think Ace has been the most productive solo wise, and I'd also kind of argue that he's been the most successful too but kiss solo has never been as good as kiss whereas it's funny because and, and here's the big aerosmith thing i love the first two joe perry records that i think are right up there with some of aerosmith's best stuff and and there's other acts too that you can throw out there and go man they, they knocked it out of the park with that solo record but none of the kiss guys really i don't know we're better solo afterward because i think like live to win is is okay it's almost like paul stanley light mm-hmm. um i i really like trouble walking a lot but i c- c- couldn't stand second sighting so it's just funny and, and peter's stuff that that's what i was wanting to talk to you about martin how much time have you invested into any of the peter chris stuff or i mean could you sit and talk about it or just uh, you not heard it really one, one. i just really don't
3: like it i mean you know and but let's go back to ace for a second i mean there, there's a reason ace is ace's catalog is pretty impressive it's like he didn't have to deal with being in kiss that whole time right so those other guys are busy making kiss records right uh and a lot of them so uh you know obviously ace has that advantage he's not in the band so um and you know it's not that impressive a catalog it's 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 actually turned out to be a pretty impressive outlook. Be, I mean, output because you know when when Ace gets sober, it's he's at least forty percent as successful as Michael Shanker is uh, at uh, at getting stuff out and being out there and being good. But Michael Shanker is is like the gold standard of like look at the he's just, the guy just took off like a rocket once he cleaned himself up, right, and making all this great music and doing the tours and everything. So but what yeah did, no peter is, no not, not a fan what did of you those think records.
2: of what did you think of the first vinnie vincent record
3: i i liked those at the time i thought they were pretty cool um there's a lot there's a lot of soloing on them obviously <laughs> they're they're interesting in that you know they they almost uh they almost seem like a hybrid between a hair metal album and a guitar shred album which is a rare thing you don't really get that out there in the world very much right and
2: there's
1: that, a reason I,
3: mean,
2: I think the catalog that's what i mean i think the solo and I'm talking real soul, not the 78 one. I think that would have been an interesting chapter to compare and contrast the talents of each um, and, and how they did. It. And I'm also going to go I, just to say, because I, I'm a fan of it. I think the Gene Simmons soul record is really good. I think it's very eclectic. I'm, I'm talking about the asshole one that he did. I, I still revisit that.
0: And, and, I, and Mark I, tells me that Crazy Night sucks. Please.
2: Look, look, that is a very good record. It's a very eclectic listen. It's it the songs are well written. I'm telling you, I think that's a really, really strong. Am I saying it, it should have been a platinum? Gra- no, but it's doesn't How much did
0: Gene pay you to say that? I'm
2: just telling you how I feel. It doesn't
0: oh, suck. Jesus. Mark and go out and, it and doesn't, tell everybody and it, how
1: much you love my solo record. <laughs> but make sure you use the word
2: eclectic. <laughs> you sound like <laughs> Craig Gas. But I, I'm just saying, I don't think that one got put there. That record reminds me of how like creatures of the night, where they're like people were going, you know what? I don't like I'm bored and tired of this, and I'm not gonna pay attention to it. Same thing with Gene, if you remember all the promotion he did for that, he's, you know, we had his asshole thing and he's dressed like a pimp. And and it kind of bummed me out because I think the music's really good and nobody gave it the time of day. That's all. I mean, again, I I've read very little on that album anywhere on online or anywhere else. And I'm always like, God, I'd love to read something on that or be. You know, no maybe there it.
0: is a reason you're not reading no, a lot I about it I'm because most that. people I, are like this is a piece of crap
2: hold on i will i said the same thing about kiss if you're a fan of funny of the, the bands that martin mentioned earlier zz top and aerosmith and i and if you say you hate kiss i, I didn't i i will say you didn't listen to them you didn't take the time because Kiss Alive, just put Kiss Alive on. If you like that kind of music, you're going to go, "Hey, that's good stuff." And it's the same thing with with uh, with Gene Solo with that record. I I think listen with your ears. I think it's a very good record. Says the I guy. Love the idea is he's head. got a
3: solo band now, right? I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool.
2: Yes, yes. That, so, I mean, that's really the next chapter of Kiss, isn't it?
0: That 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 solo material off of Asshole is so good. Gene's never going to play it live. <laughs> Right, well, and, and
1: I mean, also too, Bruce Kulick is not going to be in South America playing that show with him,
0: or Eric Singer,
1: or Eric Singer. So right. and I spoke to Bruce this morning, and he just say, "Just want
2: to make sure you know." I'm like, "Oh, I know." But by by the, that's another one. Bruce's solo work, you know, I mean, there's <laughs> if you yeah. really want to split hairs, there's a shit ton of Kiss post Kiss solo work. You know, the ESP records. There's a lot of fun stuff if you want to take the time and discover and i don't think enough fans have
1: i tell you what go back to wendy williams
2: because that's essentially a kiss record it is but that's kind of my point there's so much to this band that unfortunately a lot of it gets doesn't even get talked about whereas i think it's a lot of fun you know
3: yeah so you guys know who's in gene's band
0: uh, well, let's see. who's It's not Todd Kearns, it's not Bruce Kulik, and it's not Eric Singer. You're it's muted, not, Tommy.
1: Zach is not there either.
2: Yeah, That's what I mean. I, I don't... I or just may, don't may, maybe
0: Todd is, and it's Zach who's not. I can't remember because... Todd won't be either.
2: No, because those guys are on tour
1: with Slash, and they got all this mm-hmm. other stuff going on, which is why it's so hard for Bruce to do anything, like to do you know, like the, the show on the, on the ship. Cause I actually called him about something completely different today. We ended up talking about a little bit of this and he's like, it's just, it, it's so hard to put this together when everybody that you play with all have busy schedules with, with other bands and and artists that they work with. And I can totally see that. It's just not easy. So I would love to see Gene do a solo tour with whoever whatever the case might be
3: i think he needs to take out ricky's bob uh, boy band blackfoot that would be pretty cool okay <laughs> there you Put go that, uh because uh who knows what they're doing ricky's actually out as a solo artist now or something right uh, i i Ricky think Mezzo? so yeah
1: i don't know i don't really pay attention or follow well, that Ma-
0: martin let's let's hit a couple let's hit a few of these 50 milestones you've got here and and just discuss a, l- a little bit about each one of them so we can have listeners have something they can chime in as well. Um, you know, one of the biggest, a couple of the first biggest milestones you start out with back in 1973, the formation of KISS and his signing with Casablanca. And I think without question, those are, those are pretty monumental events um, especially the signing with Casablanca. You know, here's a band that's pretty out of left field, and they get a they get a record deal. I was going to say major record deal, but it's not. Casablanca is an indie distributed by a major, but you know, signing that record deal was a pretty monumental event. I mean, let's be honest: for any band, signing a record deal is a monumental event. especially in the old days of the music business, getting that record deal was not easy to obtain. Yeah. And I think with Kiss looking the way they were and being different like that, even though, yeah, the dolls were happening, but Kiss weren't the dolls. They went even further. They went further than the dolls. They went further than Alice Cooper to the point that we know historically even warner brothers it's like we want kiss to take the makeup off if we're going to distribute casablanca and you know they were they were taking shit back in 1973 but they still got a record deal yeah it's funny this band you know you think about it um
3: and you guys would i'm sure have your your opinions of where they fit on this grayscale. but how much did kiss pay their dues right it's almost like this is a band that paid their dues once they had records out. I mean, they paid their dues in seventy, basically seventy four. They didn't pay their dues for long, um, but it, it, it's like a combination of maybe a year, year and a half of paying your dues before you have the record out, and then and then there's about a year and a half to maybe almost two years of paying your dues with records out. Right. So it's it's a band that doesn't have this long history. Of, uh, of being a band like Rush. Rush starts in 69, first record 74. Judas Priest starts in 69, first
0: April record April Wine. Right. I just watched an April Wine documentary. There's a band that's been around for many years before, at least for people in the U.S., thought, mm-hmm. you know, Nature of the Beast was April Wine's breakthrough. <laughs> that was... No, they had decade before that. And, and I think to your point... Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of used to bands paying their dues to get the record deal. Yeah. You have you have to play your ass off. You have to travel the country in that station wagon yeah. to prove you've got an audience to get the record deal. Piss got the record deal before they did all of that. Yeah. yeah. They got their record deal basically on their demos, on the songs they wrote. And a couple little they look like, yeah. The showcase. I mean, that that's what got them signed. Was everybody was like, "Wow, the potential that this band has Mm -hmm. is incredible." Then, to your point, they hit the road, paid their dues, and then they really broke after paying their dues with Kiss Alive. Yeah. And, you know, signing that deal, we're not talking about a great
3: record deal directly with a major. We're talking about Joyce and Neil and Bill O'Coin and all these people in it together. And they're all just starting out almost together. Right. Um, but, you know, it's got a spiffy looking label and uh, and, you know, Neil's got the past with the Buddha Kama Sutra and all that stuff. Right. Um, so there's a history there. Um, and. And things, you know, things are off to the races in in a good way. I mean, they they put out a creditable, well-produced first album and very quickly get a second album out as well and great front cover on it and stuff. So so. It, it looks to the outside world to us as kids. You know, I remember getting the first album as a new release, and the second album as a new release, and all that. To us as kids, um, this looked like uh, like a, a completely professional big operation. It was actually even cooler than that because of that Casablanca label, right? That label was better than the major label labels when you when you looked at it. it was it was just really interesting looking at in terms of artwork and then the ads they were very brilliant with pouring all that money into the ads and um you know the early kiss ads start out pretty conservative where there's some hype text and a little bit they look like everybody else's ads but eventually they do the ads where they don't say anything and that looked really cool that looked really corporate right it looked like Oh, these guys are like you know the su- the suits are coming down on high, and they're just going to stick the album cover in there. Like, what what else do we need to say? It's Kiss. We don't need to say anything. The album cover is going to sell it th- itself, and the cool little logos at the bottom, Casablanca, Rocksteady, or whatever, right? And and I remember looking at those ads and thinking, yeah, these guys are a big deal. They don't even need any hype text with them anymore, right? That so that was neat too.
0: Yeah, I mean, and 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 that describes, I think. What Kiss, was, Kiss and Casablanca were slowly discovering, you know, in 73, 74 was, wow, the perception about us is the reality. The perception that we are huge, even though we're driving around the country in a freaking station wagon and we can barely afford to stay anywhere and, and our manager is financing everything on an American Express card. And but Bowie, they, Bowie
2: was very much that way, too, though. Bowie. Yeah. You know, very similar story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, 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 and, and the ads, especially as you got into the mid 70s, really started playing off of that. I mean, you know, we can all remember the, the, the ads that teased the solo albums where it was just blank boxes. And you're just like, holy crap, this has got to be freaking huge.
2: (laughs) Coming in September. You know, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, so, so that that perception, I think, you know, I, I, I and I've seen interviews where with like Gene and Paul, where they're like, we, we weren't experts going into this. We weren't great geniuses, but we quickly learned as we went along here. And I think that's what Kiss, Billicoin Coin, and Casablanca were dealing with was when this all started, nobody had a real game plan. But once the machine got rolling, they quickly started learning what what were the buttons that were pushing the media? What were the buttons that were pushing fans, were pushing concert promoters? And it was bigger, bigger, bigger. And, you know, to this very day, that is Kiss's philosophy has always been bigger, bigger pictures, bigger pyro, bigger, more than more, 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 more. More is not a bad thing. You know, more is good. Well, and also just the simple idea of pouring
3: money into marketing, right? A lot of bands yeah. didn't didn't pour that kind of money into just even the the marketing because you'd get cream or circus or whatever and it'd be the inside back cover in color or the back cover in color kind of thing right so they'd, they'd usually buy a color ad and stuff and and we know all the stories about Casablanca how they were running by the seat of their pants and they were in their game in the billboard system and all that stuff you know they they were they were pulling every trick in the book to make these yep. bands big you know the helicopter itself was a trick right all that stuff.
0: So moving up to 1974, one of them that that I think is definitely a a monumental event was Gene being interviewed on the Mike Douglas show. That was. You're talking the Mike Douglas show, that's mainstream, that's afternoon, that's housewives watching that sort of stuff, you know, and here comes Gene Simmons doing an interview and as we and, and as we know from history nobody was planned to be the person to go out and do the interview it was like okay mike wants to interview somebody who wants to go talk to him nobody raised their hand gene's like i'll go out yeah but how perfect did that end up being that was one of those shock the people moments Absolutely. He
3: looked he looked like a bath from immortal, number one. He looked <laughs> scary, right? And, yes. and then he decides to go out sort of in character basically. In character. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was really weird. And in what character? I mean that that never kind of really became his character moving on. It was literally he he came up with his character and used it almost kind of like the one time. Right. And it was a scary, weird character. It was edgy. Right. It was a little uncomfortable, uh, you know, not saying much. And, you know, the scowls and all that stuff. It was it was a really, uh, really unsettling performance. I never I don't
0: remember seeing that as a kid. Uh, I never I saw remember. I never I never saw that
3: when My it selfies. happened. I,
0: yeah. I probably didn't see it until I got it on a bootleg tape from some convention in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was great, and yeah, everybody had to deal with
3: it, and that and what, what's her name, the gal that like the the little to, back what was it
0: there, to, to, tootie, tootie Fields, oh, I can't remember like that, yeah, Ta- fields, fields. fields, but but Toady, yeah. so it's look, look
3: at the contrast of Gene versus how Alice Cooper would do an interview, right? He'd go out there and be just the most personable, nicest guy. Yep he he wanted to surprise people in the complete opposite direction and show guess what i'm not that guy up on stage um you know and and that and and that paid off in spades for him everybody loved him and he kept kept being brought back all the time right it practically broke up the band i mean literally him being such a media sensation uh you know almost caused him to have too much to do and it's like okay i got to go off and be a solo guy
0: yep yep so so that was definitely And and I'm not taking away, because you even have listed here the appearance on ABC's In Concert. But In Concert was Kiss being kissed, live on stage, playing music. Mm -hmm. Mike Douglas' show was a complete out of... I won't say out of character, because Gene went into character, but that was not what you would have expected from... Because it was a
1: daytime talk show.
0: It was a daytime... Yeah, it was a daytime talk show. It was Mike Douglas. I mean, it was like... You know, I remember as a kid, if I was homesick, the last thing I freaking wanted to do was watch the Mike Douglas show that afternoon. Because I knew it was going to be like stuff I didn't give a shit about.
2: Yeah. Well, don't you think the first time and I'm talking national TV, not because locally, um, you know, here in Detroit, they did that uh, um Supermax Kinkle thing where their backs were to them. And I know they did that on CBC in 74. But on national TV, meaning Mike Douglas, he did that character. And really, I think the next national time he spoke was Paul Lynn. And he just like did the We Don't Wear Makeup, right? And national TV wise, the next time is, isn't it the land of hype and glory? And their school teacher Gene. You know what I mean? He's articulate and he's
0: yeah i never like i never liked that gene when he was in makeup and costume i was i remember as a fan going wait a second he needs to be that demon that was on the mike douglas show he can't be a banker wearing makeup and a costume that doesn't work that doesn't work at all you can't you can't come across as that smart school teacher, intelligent business person while wearing demon makeup. Yeah. That's just, no, that's But, but too... Mark's right. That is,
3: that is a reminder that he did kind of keep that up a little bit, the, the not saying much thing, right? Right. And then even had, even in the movie, he had a little bit of that persona to him, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was definitely demon persona in the movie. But again, I think... In that case, he was being directed to play a demon in the movie, whereas when he made these appearances as Gene Simmons of Kiss on these TV shows, he was Gene Simmons of Kiss, not necessarily a character.
3: To and, us as and, kids, you know, the most important thing was always Midnight Special and Don Kirshner's rock concert, like that yep. blew our minds, staying up to watch that or even getting a nap, right? Getting a little bit of a sleep in before it comes on, because we're out in B.C. It was midnight all the time, right? Well, I guess it was midnight everywhere, but um, <laughs> but it was always late. Both of them were super late. And and that was always cool, seeing those bands on there. So
0: 1975, uh, I think this is obviously a pivotal moment it's still here till today the kiss armies formed in 1975 Mm -hmm. um and and you got to think back i mean today it is so freaking common for every single band no matter how big or small to have their army their fan club of fans they may not call it an army but it's their fan club but we're talking 1975 And it was the fans who took the lead to make this happen. And Kiss and their management were smart enough to go, wow, there's something here that we need to put our muscle behind and make this even bigger. And it was, they did a good job of it
3: too, right off the bat, right? It wasn't, yep. you know, stories of stuff not arriving and all that sort of thing. I remember I, I joined off of, I think this is right. You guys can tell me, but I, I mean, it's the, the first, the first time we got sort of a uh, paperwork for it was inside destroyer. Right. Isn't that how it yeah, was? It
2: was. A, yeah. On the, on the bottom of the jacket. it yeah. said,
0: Yes. Order from there. That and that's the where I joined
3: time. from. Yeah.
2: Myself as well.
0: Yeah. It was rock and roll over that had the, separate merchandise insert form for the first
2: time correct but the kiss army joined the kiss army thing was on the inside of the destroyer on the 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 sleeve which wasn't a paper sleeve which was uh yeah which i always thought was weird at the time i mean you go back in time here because i I bought that when it was new and i'm like why do they
3: only have one
2: song (laughs) the lyrics to one song it was just detroit rock city yeah. <laughs> they have the lyrics to anything else. Oh,
3: that's what Led Zeppelin did. That that's a cool, that's a cool idea, right? Um that uh, you could almost do a whole show on that, all all the times you saw that as a as a kid, right? And what
2: it pretty, means, right? Yeah, pretty strange stuff, you know. Yeah. So
0: um and and obviously 75, huge event, the release of Kiss Alive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that finally you know, as, as it's been said for decades, that recorded on record the experience of a Kiss concert, yeah. which was the challenge they were having on the studio albums before Kiss Alive was. Man, they were they were explosive in concert, but their albums prior to that didn't have that explosive energy to them, and Kiss Alive did.
3: Yeah and I and I tell that I'm not I won't tell the story again but that story of our great you know our our when we were 12 year old dance of that thing arriving a buddy and so I tell that story in the introduction here at this at this part right and I I wanted to uh, they didn't want to put it in um, I, I even have that April wine tour poster that we put all around the room where we got a whole box of them, right. April wine, 74, the black and purple one, but I wanted to put it in the book, but, uh, it was kind of too late arriving. Cause I found it late and didn't put it in, but the story's told in here, but yeah, that thing arrived, a buddy showed up and, uh, and yeah, I re- I remember us just piling on them and flipping through looking at all the little bits and pieces and that again, you know, um, sitting in a small town in bc you see all that stuff in it and you go wow these guys are the biggest band in the world already right you just think that they're they're you know because you're getting way more stuff than you normally get in an album so and yep. what a what a live shot incredible live shot on the front
0: yeah and and again it built off of that perception is reality the perception of kiss alive was these guys are freaking huge and back then we didn't know a live album was a last ditch effort to save the label, to save everything. I mean, there was just like, we got nothing to lose. Let's let's put it out. How brilliant
2: was that booklet? I mean, think about it. Here's a band that doesn't have two nickels to rub together. That had to have been an an, an incredible cost, but I mean, give, give that, you know, to, you know, to, I'm, I'm just, just going to assume that that was a coins idea. But having that full because co- that really sealed the deal, didn't it? Because that that thing, I, I would bet, you know, all four of us sat and stared at that thing for hours. Well,
0: that, that was like getting That was like getting a, a tour book for free yes. in an album. And it's like, holy crap, how cool is this? I could barely afford the money to buy an album, but you're giving me a tour book in here for free but yeah. I don't, th- I think we were
2: all so young to even think in those sort of tour books, sort of, I, mm-hmm. all, all I know is that was, this was like the greatest thing ever. And it's like, because for me, I was so into as a kid, you know, just into hockey and, and universal monsters and, you know, and stuff of like that. That was when I went music, you know what I mean? And, and that kind of like, combined everything you know i mean it's just like like it all made sense to me i remember looking at the kiss alive you know tour booklet or the booklet and the record and going okay now i get the 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 image matches the fury coming at my ears and this now all makes sense to me and i never look back and and that was the type of music too that i liked and don't get me wrong and I've told the story many times but you know before I liked Kiss I was already roller skating because I learned to ice skate early and I liked you know Bachman Turner Overdrive and I liked Alice Cooper and Deep Purple and, and Sweet but Kiss was like okay that was the final okay I get it now whatever they're calling this music hard rock or heavy metal or glitter rock whatever they're calling it that's the As, kind of acid to,
0: acid rock that, that
2: too, that too. <laughs> but i mean that's when it finally went okay this this is it and then you know i'll be honest that's really when i started looking around going what other stuff's going to make me feel like that you know what i mean and getting into to, to black sabbath and all that other stuff then you know it was like that was my oh wow moment it was 74 75 and i'm like Okay, now I get it. This is as a kid, this is cool stuff. So yeah, you know, the, the, go ahead.
3: It's funny. I I just uh, I did a, a podcast episode a little while ago. I think I did two different ones of my history and five songs with Martin Popoff thing. I think I did heaviest live albums of the seventies, and then I might have just did heavy metal or heaviest albums of the seventies, right? Uh, because I've already talked about many times heaviest studio albums of the seventies. So. There was one clear winner of the very heaviest album of the seventies period, combined live and live and studio combined. Can you guys guess what that would be? It's by far the heaviest album of the seventies.
2: Live and studio combined.
3: Yes, like either, like like take oh, the whole pool, oh. and and uh, it happens to be a live album. Hmm unleashed in the east it's unleashed in the East by far right um but um and then next you know there might be you might look at motorhead overkill or motorhill uh, motorhead bomber or something like that rainbow rising um but i remember if i if i did the subset i think i did the subset episode and i looked at all the live albums i remember going through kiss alive again carefully and going man this is really high on the list this is this mm-hmm. is heavier than the thin lizzie live album It's maybe not as heavy as Tokyo tapes might be heavier than the Ted Ted Nugent album, Uh, you know, start to finish. Like just looking at, you know, know, there's there's no great white buffalo or hibernation or anything on it kind of thing. Right. Um, So so it it was I was quite impressed with how it stood up uh, as one of the heaviest albums of the 70s. Uh, And I and so that's the thing that surprised me the most out of doing that episode is how I thought. Oh, there's gonna be like a dozen albums before I get to Kiss Alive. And it's like, wow, Kiss Alive's like third or fourth or fifth heaviest album of the entire live Canada of the seventies. So
2: where do you put the performance? Because I'm talking about pure heaviness. I mean, when I don't need no dot when that bass comes in dah, I mean that where 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 did you put that? Was that any Oh, you mean your... the
3: humble pie album? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it anywhere near uh, heavy, heaviest because it's just the songs aren't really written that way. But, you know, I'd, I'd rush all the world's a stage up there. You got to put Aerosmith uh, Live Bootleg up there, Double Live Gonzo. But The Priest is is like hands down. I think Beyond the Realms of Death is on there, but it's, everything it's all, else...
2: It's not, on, it's not on the actual okay.
3: record. Right, so it's not even on there. So every single other song is just heavy as hell. Well, like, you know
2: what blew me away at the time? That was like like uh, like Exciter and uh, uh, oh, not Exciter. What's the uh, oh, it's the? It's the last it two songs. Last Keep two songs. I'm going to
3: look it up here.
2: The last yeah. two songs on side two. Um, In the East. Oh, why am I drawing a blank? It's one of my favorite albums of all time.
3: Yeah, so Unleashed expected. goes Exciter, Running Wild, Sinner, The Ripper, Green Man, Alishi. I mean. And then side two goes diamonds and rust, so you're getting a Which live is, version of this song was that was already pretty heavy, uh, and then you're going victim of changes, genocide tyrant. I mean, that's a
2: genocide tyrant. Those two together, that that to me is like the coup de gras of that era is heaviness. I'm man. That was like a big fave with.
3: But uh, imagine, like, like, like there's literally this uh, that's the other thing i loved about doing this episode this is absolutely the correct answer there is nothing even close to unleashed when it comes to heaviest album of the 70s period
2: how uh, much of that was was in the studio you think
3: well uh, i i a fair and bit did Bob I, I play on it <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah i've heard a bit of that you know uh, rob halford had a cold and stuff but you know credit to them um it also does exactly what Kiss Alive did for Kiss. It's, it's these really great, dynamic, heavy, pulverizing versions of these songs, right? So that was great as well. And and we're at, at seven tonight, we're doing this album cover show where we're, we're comparing uh, uh, live album covers. It's called uh, Live Album doc, Doppelgangers, the episode, right? And one of my choices is actually going to be um, Kiss Alive and Unleashed in the East because they both have, those interestingly staged and lit live shots on the front, right? Yeah, yeah, that are not real, but they're but they're super interesting. The way they're standing, you go. Nobody ever stands like that on stage, but they both look so. So to me, Unleashed is like an homage to uh, Kiss Alive, right?
2: You know, speaking, of, we go back to Unleashed for a second because I didn't read that. Till, I didn't know this until I read your book that they didn't pay um, less for that.
3: Yeah, that was that was part of the problem why less left right
2: yeah i i didn't know that till i read your book that how in the fuck did that happen you know yeah. i mean that, that that's one of the just truly sad moments i guess and how do you play on this record that helps break the band and then oh by the way you're not getting paid <laughs> you know absolutely insane. well
3: if you think about it i mean number one Possibly, maybe they're not getting along a little, but they're still broke. That's number two, and number three, it's like a, yeah. I, I guess, I guess you should be in there on the publishing as a performance thing on a live album, but yeah, you haven't written the songs or whatever. You know, everybody's kind of making up the rules of this stuff as you go along, right? But unfortunately, it, it caused us losing less. Uh, who was a great drummer for them? I mean, his drumming. I, I've gone through. You know, I'm I'm working on a Judas Priest panel book as well, and um, and I've gone through like. like. Like listening to some of the really cool things Les does uh, all over the place, so he was a great drummer. It's good to see him back for the Rock and the Hall of Fame. But yeah, man, I look at that track list, and Michael, you're right. I forgot about that. So, so you got Beyond the Realms of Death on the on the UK EP, and let's see, did it did it show up on the Japanese version? Maybe not.
2: It does. No, no, it does. It's on. Hold on. It's it's that little. I know because I bought the record. Uh It has a little 45. It's got Starbreaker on it. Um oh Christ! the two songs from uh, from uh, oh yeah yeah there hell it is ben. yeah
3: so yeah no the J- japanese 7 inch gives you rock forever delivering the goods hell bent for leather and starbreaker the uk 7 inch gives you rock forever hell bent for leather and beyond the realms of death
2: that's all, all i know is it took me forever to track all of those down back in the, back yeah. in the day but i was happy to do it yeah
0: let me let, let me let me circle back to the insert book in kiss alive and and pose a question here could a and and this wouldn't be a specific event but could it be argued that kiss a monumental event that kiss did was putting these extra inserts into the albums the the photo insert into Alive, the sticker into rock and roll over the love gun all of those things because I, you know, and I think you were alluding to this as well, Mark. I remember as a kid going, Boy, I can't wait. Not only could I not wait for the new Kiss music, I couldn't wait for what was going to be the extra goodie that they put inside each album.
1: It's that like was a box of Cracker
0: Jacks. A, it was as exciting as. Yeah. As the music ex- itself was, am I getting a poster? Am I getting a sticker? What's the merch form got on it? Well, that Mike, was that was big back then. That was
2: huge I can tell you to do in, that. In, I can tell you in real time. Other bands were paying attention because Martin, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it Draw the Line that came with something you could get a t- And I know like Rock and a Hard Player, not Rock, uh, Night in the Ruts had the the order form thing and so did uh um state of shock from ted yes and yeah you could tell that their contemporaries were going hey kiss is selling merch We why put a white sleeve in there when we can do what kiss is doing because again in real time i was buying those records as they came out and i noticed and i remember talking to my friend jeff I remember when I brought on my thing, because it was whatever, summer of 78, I remember getting Draw the Line and, and I'm like, hey, they this has got, you know, a thing. And then, you know, when uh, State of Shock came out, I'm like, hey, you can order the, the song book. I mean, and I was like, wow, it's like, you don't think, cause you just think, you know, all bands are magical and they go to this record place. And, they, and it, but no, realistically, though, it was their management paying attention to what Kiss was doing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, might, I mean, you bring yeah. up a great point. I mean, that would have been a really that would have been a great sidebar. Just a, literally an article just on that, right? Would have been cool.
0: Or, or 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 maybe it's a sidebar on the monumental things Kiss did that changed what came after them. Yeah, yeah. putting the merch, putting extra merch, and again, to you you know, you were talking there, Mark. I was like, boy, I remember getting uh, sticks, Grand Illusion. There's a poster of the band in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and um, ELO. Out of the blue, same thing. And um uh well, van four, Hale, Sabbath, van, van, yeah. van Halen, women and children first. Yeah. It had the David Lee Roth mini poster but, in there. We're it's going like going back earlier
2: Chicago now. five. What's that? Chicago five. Did that yeah, that did have a
1: poster. Well, I'll, Mass, I'll mention
3: another yeah. another important one or two. Uh hypnosis with dark side of the moon and Venus and Mars, right? They all yeah. had the little mm-hmm. stickers, posters, everything, all sorts of deal. The right? whole industry was
1: watching KISS. Mm-hmm. They whether they admitted it or not, but they were watching. At least mm-hmm. the the count executives were, the bands were the the, called, the,
0: the 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 business the business the business part of the music business was watching. Yeah. If we pretty can pretty early do this with to logos more... too, right? Yeah, yeah. The logo they're early with that, right? Um, 1975 turns out to be, obviously, we know there's KISS fans. It was a pivotal year, but KISS take over Cadillac, Michigan. Wow, what a huge, huge national event that was. Yeah. To To recognize that potential and to embrace it to the level they did. It wasn't just, you know, showing up and saying thank you. It was like they... They took over the town, the school, everything to the point where today you can go to Cadillac, Michigan, and there's a there's a monument to that whole event in Cadillac. I wonder if that
3: also had a lot of effect on the idea or people getting the idea to go out as Kiss on Halloween. Right. With all the putting the makeup <laughs> on. right?
0: Well, it sure didn't hurt. Let's put it that way. You know, it, it only it only took somebody to go whoa, they put makeup on a, a, a cheerleader. Boy, I could do that for Halloween this year. Yes. So it, it's that sort of stuff that took guests, in my opinion, and put them much more into the mainstream flow of events and news and happenings. And, and we've got to remember that KISS in 1975 was a different beast than KISS is in the late 70s, the 80s, 90s, and today. They were not seen as a safe band back in 1975.
2: Yeah. Well, that thing was so organic, though. That's one yes. thing that people, that people don't understand when they go, oh, these big marketers and blah, blah, blah. That was just Mr. Neff writing the letter that Again, that event was so pure and naive, and and really, you know, it had did Casablanca did was uh, a coin smart enough to make you know as they say, chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yes, he did. Yep he 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 made that
0: into a he recognized an opportunity.
2: Yes, but it started organically. It wasn't started by some great marketing minds and Kiss is going to do this and Kiss is going to take. No, man, they were just listening to the fans. (laughs) That really was innocent. And again, somebody who lives in Michigan, Cadillac in my portable Michigan map is way up here. It's (laughs) it's nowhere near. You know Detroit and Flint and, and Grand Rapids and the, the big industrial, it's way up in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's up in the
0: middle of the mitten.
2: Yes, but that's <laughs> my point. Where they end up making literally, I mean in the long run, worldwide news about it, but that, I I still have my article from my local paper, Macomb Daily in, in Macomb County, Michigan. Um, you know, I'm a suburb of Detroit, but that I still have my article from then Casablanca in, in a coin management was able to take a, a band that wasn't successful yet. And, you know, a kiss alive was just coming out. They took that event and they, like I said, they made a big deal. They ran, it.
0: They ran with it. I mean, it, you know, the yeah, other they, good
3: thing about it, you know, now that you guys make me, you know, thinking about it is, They already know that we take really good pictures and we already have a lot of props, but they were smart enough to recognize that. Look at all these extra props we have here. It's it turned out to be the greatest part of it or the lasting effect turned out to be it as a photo op. Right. Having all those Mm -hmm. great pictures that, that you get from that, you know, showing all these people idolizing this band enough to dress up and put on the makeup and stuff. Right. Um, And, and to come show up for this thing. And, you know, and also the sort of subliminal message that, um, you know, it's, it's not so bad, you know, you can promote this band with a high school. That's fine. Um, It, you know, they're, they're not, they're not demons um, sort of thing. Right. Um, But yeah, as I, I think um, we've all, we've noticed this throughout their career, but uh, they, they recognized early on that they take a good picture. Yes, but let's yep. let's
2: let's let's put that under the microscope a little bit more. So, Mister Neff had to have written that sometime in the summer of seventy-five, right? So, "Dressed to Kill" was out. It wasn't a top ten record. You, you know what I mean? Hmm. That that whole thing is just pure dumb luck. Any way you slice it, using a kiss term. But hmm. think about it. He sends his letter. Months before you know the October date that it happened. But KISS wasn't big news. I I would garner to say, I wonder how many of those kids, when they did that, even knew who they were, or if they weren't big news. I mean, in Michigan and I in Detroit, I can tell you they were probably bigger than in a lot of places because I had older brothers and sisters. I knew who KISS was early. My first exposure to KISS was hotter than hell when it was current. So I knew, but I mean, I also lived in a big city. You're talking Cadillac, Michigan.
3: Again. Funny thing though, Mark, you know, when I think back to, to that time, 1975, and we're in a small town to us, you know, it's almost a little bit like Metallica on ride the lightning, you know, at Dress to kill. There's, there's plenty of excitement about this band already. I mean, I'm almost surprised to hear later on that it wasn't a big album yet. Right. Or that they weren't making money yet. Because so I think their reputation was much bigger than the business results at that point. And you had three albums already. Right. So, you know, I, I think I think there was a, I think there was a lot more recognition of who this band was than, than we give it than we give them credit for. But, but summer of
2: 75 was barely a year and a quarter or so since the first record came out. Mm-hmm. I guess that that's that's my point. In, in that time, you have three albums out. None of which are hits. But Marvin li- in this little town in the middle of nowhere. You know. Well, Martin, why do you think that?
3: Well, um, because I plunked down my $499 3 times for them already, right? Um, mm-hmm. they've got this makeup on. The front covers, the back covers look amazing. They're recorded well. They're just literally a big band to us at, at that point. So I, I and everybody, you know, there was right people were writing about him. It's not like they were ignored in the press. So they were getting a lot of press. It's really we just find out they didn't sell that many records. And like well, I say, I'm kind of But surprised. Martin, does does,
0: does, does that in itself, right there, explain that perception is reality? And the perception was this band was happening hot. People were talking about them, but the reality was the reason they did three albums that quickly. is because as soon as the first album didn't sell the labels, like we got to recoup our money, get back in right now and record again. Second album didn't sell. We didn't recoup our money. We need new product. Get back in and recording. That's why, I mean, as kiss fans, we love the fact that you can look back to the seventies and go, look at how much they did during the seventies. Compare that to now. Well, that's because the label needed them to keep churning stuff out because nothing was selling and they had to find something that was going to make money for the label. Yeah. So do it again and do it again and do it again. And you throw enough stuff against the wall and you end up with Kiss Alive. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I, I remember getting hotter than hell and we're thinking,
3: wow, these guys have been to Japan already, right? And then you get dressed <laughs> to kill <and laughs> there they're all you in all suits. You know, they're all in suits and you go, wow, they're already pushing this like we're, we're, you know, we're business people. We're beyond it. We're doing something new with this. And it was embossed. Remember the emboss embossing on it. So already, you know, you're getting stuff with the second with the third album. You're getting embossing. Right. So, yeah, we just we just thought they were a big band. And like I say, people were right. They were being written about in the press. They were not an ignored band. Um, we can, you know, I think I think probably Rush would be a good example of a of a slightly more ignored band. Although that's even a myth. Rush, Rush got a lot of press right uh, over the years. They were they were not that ignored or even that hated. Really, Circus liked them. You know, hit Raider liked them. Right? Martin,
2: can you? Can, speaking of Rush, how in the hell did Twenty One Twelve get their production value after Caress Steel? Because those records sound night and day different. I've always, I, I guess, you know, since we have, a, have you for a few more minutes, and you, you were, you know, I love your your books on Rush. But because they were under arguably even more pressure than Kiss to like, hey, you're going to get dropped. And, you know, they went and, you know, doubled down. But how how did that record sound so much freaking better than the
3: previous one? I think I got a boring answer for you. Um number 1, Caressa Steel is really well recorded. It just happens to be toppy. It doesn't have any bass. It doesn't sound cheap. It it to me it sounds like Thin Lizzy Jailbreak, which happens to be their only gold record, but it's toppy. To me, it sounds like stained class. It's toppy, sin, cla- sin after sin, toppy, uh, but it's not particularly badly recorded. And you can tell a ton of work went into it. So the it's, it's as complex an album as the next one. Literally, I think the difference is someone found the bass knob turned up the bass (laughs) you know or or like today we got a good drum a drum recording we put the mics in the right place um but you know everything everything back then see the interesting thing is everything's there's no indie labels really so everything's made in a big studio every record costs the same amount whether it's a moxie album or an aerosmith album right first two you know i mean they're all getting made by name producers in proper studios because that's all there was there was no there was no you know Punk or new wave of British heavy metal, indie labels making records in your living room, uh, now making records in your bedroom on a computer. No, yeah, everybody had to go to a studio, right? So I think Rush just got lucky. It's just like this time we we found some bass. Yeah. So let's
0: let's let's move to 1976 for a TV appearance, which I've always said was to me the greatest TV appearance Kiss has ever done. The Paul Lind Halloween special, (laughs) October 29, 1976, that many KISS fans, you know, back to timeline means everything. If that was part of your timeline, that was compared to the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. That was KISS's Ed Sullivan moment, a lot of fans will say.
3: Yeah, that was incredible. I, I remember that as as well.
0: And it was so well
3: put together and all the actors were good. And, and you know, the Wicked Witch of the West on there and all that stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hamilton, you know, it was it was well. a
0: Halloween theme, which yeah. was perfect for Kiss. Yeah. Um, it was hosted by Paul Lynn, which again, today that he might was mean great. nothing to anybody today. But back in 1976, he was. The peak. He was the shit. Paul Lynn was yeah. everywhere. You you had you had the the witch from Wizard of Oz. You had the witch from Puff and Stuff. You had cast members from Happy Days and Brady Bunch. I mean, that was like bringing as a kid, a twelve year old kid, that was bringing everything you were absorbing on television into one show. And even if KISS wasn't what you were totally focused on, you walked out of that show going, what the hell did I just witness? Granted, it you know, it's funny. You look back at it now and you're like, oh, it was cheesy dancers and it was horrendous lip syncing to horribly edited versions of the song. But in that moment, when you watched it in 1976, I can just imagine, like mine, heads were exploding amongst kids around the country going, Because it was cool. "Uh, What the hell am I seeing right here? You You want to bring up a good point. It sounds cool.
2: Yeah. And
1: what a perfect time to go on national television on, you know, Halloween when everyone's around and still Mm up. You know, it wasn't a late night 11 p.m. thing. It was prime time.
3: Well, and the other thing, you know, I just read this cool retrospective of uh, of Happy Days where they interviewed all the all the, you know, a bunch of the members all together. And and the fact of the matter also is uh, the power of TV. Kiss was smart enough to recognize that because we all watched the same things. Right. It was there was no on demand TV. It's like you had to show up. Right. You had to show up for it was TV. an event. Yeah. And there were, and there were like the, uh, whatever it is, three to four major channels. And then in Canada, I think our grand total of channels back then was maybe 10 or eight or something like that. Right. But you know, everything, everybody sat down and watched the same news and hockey night in Canada and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the, that's the amazing part of, uh, just just the power of that and then I, that that goes on to gene simmons family jewels and the osborns and stuff but nowadays it's way more fragmented so that power has gone away um but uh because but back then you couldn't time shift anything we didn't have the video machine yet right
2: but martin the big the big thing that was odd about that and and i've told this story to you before on the show i i had hockey that night my mom wouldn't let me miss i did not see that till in the 80s on videotape uh-huh. yeah. i totally unfortunately, but i was a huge kiss huge kiss fan by then Clay, you know, cutting. But, um, one of the things I, I wanted to talk about was, uh, I'm having a fucking
3: um, so you so you were the kicking post in school the next day right it's like you're the one guy to walk around yeah and and like you say Mark's in school
0: going no spoilers no spoilers spoilers. I didn't see it (laughs) but 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 look at your story you don't even
3: see it until the 80s right it's like you miss your chance boy it's gone right? yeah I, I remember
2: seeing the pictures of it you know within five months in like 16 magazine or something and I'm like Oh, my God, um, you know, I just, oh, I I did bum That's me out funny. forever. Yeah. But what I wanted to bring up, Martin, which I thought was odd timeline wise, Rock and Rollover was being released literally a week or two or excuse me. And uh, yeah, a week or two later. And they on on that they did all Destroyer songs. And hmm. that odd. I mean, when you think about it, because that aired October 29th, you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was, Rock and Rollover, it, it, I
2: think, was was released November. November 5th, 11th. Oh okay. So my point is you have calling doctor I mean all these you could have debuted your new record on that big event and you go to the record that we're we're putting to bed here
0: shortly. Yeah, but from a from a business standpoint and and a marketing standpoint putting that hat on I would sit here if I was in the label going well everybody's going to see it on October 29th. You don't see it on October 30th so when they see this and they fall in love with this and they want to walk into a record store and go I want to buy the record that's got Beth on it they can do that if they said I want to see I want to buy the record that's got making love on it cuz they just played it last night the the record store is going to go we got nothing we got well, nothing to sell it- you
2: Keep, keep in mind, though, Calling Dr. Love went, what, I think, number 12, which wasn't that the first single off the record. Why didn't you have that? I mean, again, the record's coming out in less than two weeks. I, again, I'm just trying to think. Oh, like also, Mark, deck. think
3: about it. Think about a concert, how everybody complains when they hear the new songs and they don't know them. So, you, you, you know, you got a sure bet driving people insane with songs they already know. And it's off of your second hit album, right? right. Uh, you had Alive was a hit album and now Destroyer is a hit album. It's the album you're touring. It's the songs you're comfortable with. The funny thing is when you when you mush your album so close together, I mean, the next tour they go on, you may as well call it the Destroyer tour. It doesn't even have to be considered to be a tour promoting rock and roll over. You're, you're literally promoting, you, you, you know, you're probably going out and you're selling more copies of Destroyer and Alive for the next uh, 12 or 14 months or 16 months than you are with Rock and Roll Over. You're They're so close together that you're just going out and you're touring all three of your albums, you know, right. like your recent albums, right? Well, yeah, well, they
2: ended up calling
3: that uh, the Winter Tour 77. I mean, I have
2: the promo. Matter of fact, they showed it on the show a couple weeks Every,
0: ago. Everything back then ran into each other. Albums ran into each other. Tours ran into each other. Again, they were so... Frickin busy from 1973 Through Basically 78 Yeah I mean it was just One long tour And one long Recording session Yeah four solo albums And and an extra studio side On a live two right
2: Yeah yeah It is, Um, is insane Their production
0: 1977 Another and yeah, I'm sort of skipping over the album releases themselves here in 1977.
3: And Michael, by is, the way, I got to I got to leave soon to do this seven o'clock show. Right? OK, all so right. We so we'll, 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 live, we'll wrap up right? in
0: five so, minutes here. Yeah. 77, Kiss and Marvel Comics collaborate. Huge. Now that that that's also sort of the beginning of Super Kiss. KISS literally taking over the world, 77 into 78. But, oh, my God, Marvel Comics. I mean, this is 77. Four years earlier, they were just signing a record deal and were basically unheard of. And now they've got – you can walk into a 7-Eleven and pick up a comic book of KISS and Marvel Comics. Huge. I mean, just unbelievable moment yeah it's it's funny it's almost
3: like this is a, already has been a long standing dream of jeans to be seen as a superhero and, and it happens here but it's not really particularly carried forward in a, in a mate. It's not a huge part of the kiss story moving forward, but you get up to now with the avatars and whatever they want to do with that. It's like, okay, we're, we're putting that dream back on the table kind of thing. Right. But you know, even since the beginning, even just coming up with these looks was based on comic books. Right. So yeah. Well, it's well, they, Zoe w- always wanted to be a superhero. Right.
0: We, 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 we know through Kiss's history, especially Gene. Jean, Kiss and Gene have never given up on, let's do another Kiss comic book. Let's go partner with this person and this person and this person. I mean, there's. I've got a book over here, the Kiss, what is it, Compendium or something like that. It's like all of the Kiss comic books printed in this thing that's like five inches thick. I mean, that clearly was a passion that drove Gene all the time. Is there another way that we can become a comic book hero, comic book hero, comic book hero? And it started right there in 77 with Marvel. But it's
3: never going to stick because you are mortal. You're, fra- you're flesh and blood. You're, uh, you're meat puppets, right? Uh, your fans really want you just to be a band, I guess, is, is kind of what he was politely told
0: over all those years, right? Yes, he was told that. But I think until the makeup came off, at least from my personal viewpoint as a fan, I did see them as real superheroes. And I've said this on the show before. Unlike Batman or Superman, who I knew as a kid, they're not real. That was a hundred percent comics. And there's no real person there. Yes. Jesus Christ. You know, a year earlier I saw them on the Paul Lynn Halloween special. Mm Mm-hmm that was real superheroes on TV right there because I could then go see them in concert if they came to town. And here they are in a comic book. So through the 70s, I at least felt like they were true superheroes until 79, it basically was just like, okay, now it's no longer superheroes. Now it's Vegas and it's glitzy. And it's it lost that edge to it. It, it's
3: funny. But, I, I, I've never thought about this, but I never I never thought of them really as superheroes. But I definitely remember all through the 70s thinking they're the coolest looking guys, period. I mean, this is you don't look. Nobody looks as cool as these guys look kind of thing. You know, and I always liked the whole, you know, my dad looked a little bit like he had the big handlebar mustache and slightly longer hair. So I loved that Ted Nugent look, the Rick McLeish look. You know the the Derek Forbes look, like uh, the Renny Robert look, Jill Perot. Nice. nice, Yeah, I <laughs> I love I love that look on De- you know Derek Sanderson that hockey card with the big mushy uh, you know the big he mustache. down the bench. Yeah, and and <laughs> like T- Ted was just the coolest looking guy on Free for All, right? I just loved that look. But yeah, K- Kiss was the next level. I mean, and and I I think honestly Peter Chris was the coolest looking guy in Kiss to me. Uh, Through through that whole period, I I I just always you know being a drummer too, but I always thought he came off the best in
0: all the pictures. And 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 you know through the seventies because of the, you know that, let's not take photos out of makeup that added to and, and I'm sure it wasn't part of the master plan, but boy did that work in so well with these guys are really superheroes
2: yeah happy accident I, I mean
0: really i so many happy accidents that somebody bill coin or somebody at the label or in the band saw an opportunity and was just like i don't know why don't we try this what if we are never seen without our makeup on yeah you yeah. know oh well you know when you're a bunch of nobodies that's not a big deal all of a sudden when you are literally international superstars that becomes difficult to maintain yeah. Yeah. but holy crap did that play into that whole sure. we're superheroes you don't know who we are are you know you you only see superman you never see clark kent yeah yeah
3: <laughs> well listen guys i gotta run they're gonna be saying where hell's martin
0: uh, but, yeah. uh yeah we got a whole live thing martin, martin, it's, always, martin. it's always it's always a pleasure and 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 speaking with you and and again everybody go get this at fifty. You can get it's this cool. at Amazon. Anywhere books are are available. It's
3: from me. Beautiful- I uh, at, at I'll sign them and send them out from the office. So MartinPopoff.com. There's PayPal buttons and all that. So
0: perfect. Go yep, to martin It's popoff. so well worth it. Then, okay, it's a, guys, support it's a, him. It, it's a beautiful. It could be a coffee table book. It just doesn't okay. come as a coffee table. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> all right, thanks martin, again. Thank you. All right, take care. We'll talk to you later. Bye, Bye now. Mark. Bye.
2: Always a favorite of mine.
0: Always, you. always such an intelligent conversation. having, a good and, and you know, and we just scratched the surface of all of the moments in here, but it, it, this, this book has so many great photos and it's color photos and black and white photos. And, and, you know, little memorabilia ads and flyers. And, uh, you know, this is just a great book covering Kiss's history. Um, and as I said, it didn't take ten years to write, and it looks freaking phenomenal. He's
2: between uh, Martin and Alan and you know, putting these books out, multiple
1: and another, books.
2: Another great thing is, is that if you order it from Martin or whomever,
0: you'll get uh, it. You'll get it. And you'll get you'll it get right within it, like a week,
1: Or you'll less. get it signed, and uh, all that. And you can stuff. have Martin will sign it for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Definitely go out and get Kiss at Fifty, and and I I would say from a homework standpoint, um, what would you say? You know, if you've already read the book, what do you think about the fifty events that Martin outlined here? Now he didn't he didn't put them in the most important event to the least important event. It's chronological. Yeah, because
1: that's subjective. Because it's all—it's
0: you know, all. Well, the whole book is a hundred percent subjective. So yeah. first of all, don't don't flip out because you don't agree with Martin. It's just his take on it.
1: Mm-hmm. What so, do
0: you? What was your take on his fifty? Or if you haven't read the book, what would you think are some monumental events yeah. in Kiss's what history?
2: Say, we want to hear what sidebar. What sidebar would you use? I mean, we we talked about a few of them that aren't. You know, again. I would have loved to have seen a compare and contrast solo thing, everything from Bruce Kulick to Vinnie Vincent to, I mean, even Mark St. John's White Tiger and the Peter Chris stuff. If you had to like pick one, again, this is, this would be a sidebar, but I mean, I think that would be an interesting discussion in itself too. What's let's talk about the kiss solos, true solo stuff, nothing they did within the band. And uh, again, that would be my pick for a sidebar, what kind of sidebar could you guys come up with? That's not in the book. And there's 8 billion talk about.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, this is, this is, this is two thumbs up. There's no turds in the punch bowl for this one. Um, you know, as we said, you buy it, you get it.
2: Also, if you go to Martin's thing, like I said, I have a ton of his books. And as you can tell through the conversation, we share a lot of the same musical tastes. Um, his books are fantastic, and and I will tell you if you read one, you're going to want to read more. Yes. Um, he, he's he's just one of those guys, and again, you know, totally different style than say Julian, and again, another one of my favorite authors. Um, but there's there's so many good rock reads out there. But if you enjoy, uh, you know, especially minutia stuff on band
0: history, history lessons, history, yes, his well,
2: plus uh, two. I mean, books, we just
1: owe Martin and. And Julian and others who write books like this, a huge debt of gratitude because they're doing things the bands aren't doing. And yes. we still get to enjoy these things that come
2: up and are available. It's, I think it's just a great thing all the way around. Yep. It look! Big yep. bonus points from talking about all those uh, '70s era hockey
0: players. By the way, that uh, oh, Martin <laughs> was getting ready to throw a landing. I was going to say, too bad, too bad Lisa wasn't here. She'd she'd be getting all it, 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 it would it would be a Kleenex episode for Lisa. All that hockey player talk.
1: She just slide <laughs> off
0: her stool again. Like <laughs> Snail trails Ooh. everywhere. Oh gosh. <laughs> Oh, somebody's going to comment on that one for no. sure, and I'm going to take the heat like I said it. <laughs> TFB, baby. Um, anyways, uh, is
2: this, this is going to be at the end, right? This is the end This the is show. This what is our
0: gonna... end of the show right here. Right, so, so there, we'll... There's
2: something I want to talk about at the beginning, which we're going to do later. All
0: right, we'll come back to that. So you yeah. got your homework. That's it. We don't have a guest next week. Now. <laughs> now. We uh, we're still trying. We're <laughs> still trying to nail down some guests. So, again, we'll always deliver. Doesn't matter. We'll always have something. Oh, and by the way, don't um, we
2: hate them all? Isn't that the new thing? Don't we hate everybody on the show,
0: or we, hate, uh, hate the people we, who watch? Yeah, well, of course. We've always hated everybody.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know. Just because we're what? What did they? Some somebody said that we are all arrogant. Arrogant yeah, assholes.
0: assholes or some, whatever, or at, whatever. Least okay. at least I am. At least I am. sometimes people some 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 people will love you, Tommy. Mark,
2: yeah, I would say hold it, hold it, on. It, Tommy gets some haters too.
0: Yeah, I do. Occasional, <laughs> occasional haters. I do. I get way more than that. Oh, and God. Mark, you're probably on about you get about seventy percent for haters. You're not. You know, Tom, Tommy's much slower when it comes to haters. I'm the DH of haters. Like
2: I, I could, I could go in DH, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not leading off the, the batting order. That's you. Tools got that 100. Uh, I the that, lead that, off that, hitter. That,
0: that 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 that's mine. You know, to, Tommy basically's got our listeners fooled to think he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, if they knew the stuff Tommy was saying about them when we aren't recording.
2: <laughs> he you know, just lets me take of,
0: he lets me take the fall for it you know the best
2: part of all this it's
1: how i
0: feel is <laughs> is that,
2: you know it's so easy to as the english say adrian you know taking the piss out of these people they don't even our the people who like generally watch they get it you know what i mean it's it's the a-holes who don't get it and they're like it's just funny because if you if you watch the show long enough, again, everything we say from the twelve viewers on down, you know, they're just
1: riffing on the best listeners because who... they all have interests and lives and family of, and well, friends. Tw- tw- and...
0: We've got we've got twelve viewers. Vinny Vincent has thirty-six <laughs> people who are in his Facebook group. Vinny's more popular than us.
2: Uh, exactly. That's over double what we have. <laughs> yeah,
0: and they had to pay to be there.
2: That's right. You get us Hold for on. free. <laughs> yeah, no, New dude.
0: I know day you day still day.
1: want
2: your money back. but
1: it I is know. Free. You still
0: want us to give you your money back, but you haven't paid us a penny. Gene's <sighs> on. the Come one up, that pays
2: us. I was going to say Gene pays us, right? I read that yeah. enough. That's the only yeah. reason they, they do the takes, right? That's because we love everything they do. We're never critical.
1: That. But, you know, nope. I want to renegotiate this year because I'm tired of him sending me kiss crap. <laughs> say, I think you never going to have this than the check.
0: It's never going to happen.
1: I don't want the you know, the Hello Kitty stuff.
2: All right. Can well, we say goodnight,
0: Gracie? That's it. Good night, Gracie. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here. See everybody next week. Do you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515. Voices
2: for three sides of the coin. Provided by... Larry Davis and by Jessica Mars voice.com. that's Mars with a Z.